Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You asked for it. Here it is. It's a podcast from Apathetic Enthusiasm. In this episode, we have so many spiders. They're everywhere. So many spiders. Hello, everybody. Apathetic Enthusiasm. Welcome. Welcome to the it, There's Too Many Spiders podcast. <laughs> brought, to, brought to you That's by it. Arachnophobia. <laughs> The movie in theaters everywhere in 1987, I think it was. Was it 80s? Maybe, yeah, late, yeah, early I'll, 90s. I'll look it up, but I'm I don't know. Sure. Uh, yeah, maybe it was like, mm. Mm, ah, shit. Okay, yeah. go to IMDb. Yeah, arachnophobia. That's what we're going to talk about. You but t- you before talk, we do, you talk. you talk about intro shit. I'll look up yeah, arachnophobia. Yeah, yeah. Hello, everybody. I'm Travis. He's Brandon. He likes arachnophobia. Uh, If you like arachnophobia or any other... It was 1990. 1990. It's a 90s movie. Split the diff. Split the diff, as they say. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, follow us on Twitter, at Apathusiast. I'm at Jogomino. He's at Barnyard Cruise. We're on Facebook. We're at email, apatheticenthusiasmshow at gmail.com. Follow our Instagram, apathetic underscore enthusiasm. Uh, We post reels there now. It's a thing. Uh, And then you can go to our website apatheticenthusiasm.com we are streaming live as we do almost every monday night over at twitch.tv slash apathetic enthusiasm thanks to those hanging out in the chat uh and then if you missed the live stream but you still want to see what we look like you can go to youtube.com slash apathetic enthusiasm like subscribe do all the things you do on youtube maybe catch an occasional youtube short very occasional it's rare but they're there very occasional Uh, It it happens once a week I did. I posted three this week, Travis. I posted three of them. All right, I'll have to check the. They're all on Friday. The, I'll have to check the YouTube studio a little bit later. See how they're performing. I didn't spread them out, but they're, oh. all, they're all there. Yeah, spamming the videos over on YouTube. Uh, finally, a big thank you to our patrons over at Patreon.com/slash Apathetic Enthusiasm. Thanks for supporting the show, supporting us, and being all around cool people. Yeah. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome hey. to the podcast. Uh, 1990. 1990. Arachnophobia. 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 I uh, just want to put this out there for uh, anybody who is interested about what type of stuff we have on our, our Patreon. It's a whole lot of me just doing music shit at, at this point in time. Yeah. If you really like Brandon playing music and you're not on the Patreon, you're missing out. Yeah. Yeah, and if you really and then occasionally you get a post show that I think I forgot to I think I forgot to post one last oh, week. Oh, maybe yeah, you did. Oh, you did. Gonna get double posted, double post show posts. Double double post, double 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 that that post show. By the way, for our audio listeners, you don't know this, but we are both wearing In and Out shirts. Um, Completely unplanned. We just happened to just both be wearing them. Yeah, definitely not un- unplanned. Um, yeah. Sure. Well, now, yeah, okay. I, I have to. Okay. I understand there's like a cult like following for In N Out Burger, especially if you grew up on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. You like In N Out. I like In N Out. That sure. has been established. That is podcast canon. But you have In N Out Burger readily accessible to you. It is, it is on your drive home, so to speak. I have to travel across state lines to get it. Now, you had in and out Burger for dinner. Mm-hmm. You made sure to send me not one, but at, at <laughs> least three photos of you enjoying your yeah. dinner. Yeah. Uh, and then you came into uh, the podcast studio, so to speak, and you removed two layers of clothing. You removed a hoodie yep. and then a polo shirt to reveal your in and out Burger shirt <laughs> underneath. Yeah. The question is, Brandon... Did you put on that shirt today with the intention to go get in and out? Did you put on the shirt and then think, hey, I'm wearing an in-and-out shirt. I should get in and out for dinner. Or did you just go to in and out and happen to be wearing the shirt? Well, 
Travis, he is is more along the lines of option three, uh, because I'm wearing a black in and out shirt, and I don't have a huge swath of black undershirts for my polos, and so I have a, a here here's what here's what it is. Sometimes I, I want to take my polo off at work, and then also have a, a, a shirt that I want to wear. So sometimes I wear a Steely Dan shirt. Sometimes I wear a Mystery Science Theater 2000 shirt, uh, Army of Darkness, or (laughs) Friday the 13th. It's underneath my professional-looking polo shirts. Just in the case, I'm like, I'm going to go to a bar later. Woo! Time to party with some evil dead. Steely Dan. And so, yeah, I wore an in-and-out shirt, undershirt, and I was in a rush. I was coming home, and I'm like, I need to to get dinner. Um, And I was like, well... Uh, what's 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 right off the freeway? You know what? In and out. Let me let me get in and out. I haven't had that in a while. Let's let's snag it. Sure enough, line was pretty low. I'm like, okay, got in and out. Got home. Immediately thought about how I was gonna rub it in your face that I had in and out. <laughs> and then uh, Sheena says you're rude, by the way, uh, based on the photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Said I was in a rush. Made a joke about being in a rush, eating all my in and out. And then when I got in here, took my jacket off. Then to, as I was as I was taking my polo off, I thought, "Oh yeah, I have an in and out shirt on. Fancy that." I, th- I think I think it's only fair that we share with our viewing audience the photos that you sent me. Okay. Um, so this is his burger. <laughs> These are the fries. Uh, eat, eating, eating a burger. Oh oh no! And then this is him with with the with the with what we now know is pink lemonade. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, the audio viewer, you're you're missing out. Uh, you're missing out. Make sure you go to twitch.tv slash apathetic enthusiasm <laughs> or uh, check us out on YouTube. Well, Make sure you can see this. Uh, it'll be a reel. It'll be a reel. <laughs> it'll sure. be a reel. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, we do have actual topics to talk about tonight. Um, so many spiders. We, we are talking about Spider-Man. Across the Spider Verse is that the right one? Mm-hmm. Is that is that mm-hmm. the one we're want, we're, we're talking about? Yeah. So without um, further ado, yeah. you asked for it. Here it is. <laughs> it's our segue. <laughs> time to talk. Time to talk about the Spider Man across the Spider Verse, uh, the latest in Spider Man movie uh, to to grace us with their magnificent presence. This one is the sequel to uh, what was it? Uh, into the Spider Verse. Into Into the Spider Verse. Uh, a couple years back, it wowed everybody. The animation was was amazing. Like it, it set off something, and I, well, we can talk about this more as we go into the the movie itself. But it set off what some people think is like an animation renaissance about like being able to like take risks in animation, do different types of animation style, and be more artistic in that way. You you can see it in uh like the ninja turtle movies that 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 that's coming up uh even in some like television animation we talked about gremlins last week like even that is uh, a more stylistic animation choice so anyways into the spider verse now the sequel to that uh part of a three part uh, this 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 part is the second one there's going to be a third part across the spider verse so let's get into it travis take it away what 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 do you want to talk about first um i will i think uh, just fair warning for anyone listening. We will eventually get into spoiler territory with this review because there are several things that we want to talk about within the story itself. Um, but I, I think coming off of opening weekend, this was a movie that I was pretty excited to see as an animation fan, as a Marvel fan, as a Spider-Man fan. And I think I, I slept on the original uh, into the Spider-Verse movie initially started to get some buzz in the box office and uh, eventually watched it. But I don't think I actually watched it until maybe it came out on video. I don't know that I saw it in theaters. Oh. Um, but once saw, once I saw it, thought it was fantastic, really liked it. And it made me really excited to see this movie. Uh, my son was a huge fan. Uh, as a bit of a side note, it was one of like, 
maybe two movies that he had saved onto an iPad when we went on a very long road trip. So I think he watched this movie like eight times in a row, just over and over again. Oh my gosh. He had limited other <laughs> options on a road trip. Um, but he never got tired of it. So I don't I don't know if that, you know, is is an endorsement of the movie or what. Um, but I heard a statistic where the original uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse grossed about $30 million on its opening weekend. And the uh, estimates coming out of the opening weekend for Across the Spider-Verse, $120.5 million yeah, opening weekend. Uh, the, the fans have spoken. They, they, they are hyped for this movie. And uh, some people even went out and saw it twice. From from what I've heard, yeah, some 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 people some people have, have definitely heard that. Uh, well, I've done that. Uh, some people have seen it. I think maybe more than that, which is which is also Possibly. impressive. They must not have family. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So so this this one directed by Joaquin De Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson, and written by Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, and David Callahan. Um, I you know first of all, I want to talk about. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, uh, them, they've, they've been a big part of this animation, like different types of animation for the last couple of years. Right. Like I think they did clone high way back in the day. Um, and then they did the Lego movies, right? Like that was, that was them. Uh, and it's just, it, they've done some really cool stuff. Oh, I think they did like 21 jump street, which was like a, a great <laughs> like reboot cool uh yeah with with Channing Tatum and stuff like that like that's I remember seeing 21 Jump Street as a, maybe an aside but I remember seeing that and being like that was a really good funny movie that I wasn't expecting to like as much as as I did yeah but anyway uh I feel like that's come that is with them a lot that something about what they put into the the properties uh they're like it's enough love, but also taking it in a different direction. Um, so anyway, that's a kind of side there. Yeah. So if, if for some reason you missed the, the first offering in this franchise, um, this basically takes a, a look at Miles Morales. Uh, it, it is focused on the Miles Morales version of Spider-Man. And um, the, the first movie was sort of an introduction to how he became Spider-Man. But it quickly opens up a, a multiverse where he is visited by other versions of Spider-Man, right? So you have a Peter Parker, uh, a, a Spider-Gwen. You had all kinds of like random Spider-Men. You had Peter Porker, the Spider-Pig. Uh, there, there, noir noir Spider-Man. Like, noir Spider-Man. Um, and one of the things I really liked about that film was they utilized the multiverse as a way to represent what is really unique in comic books about how you can have different versions of a character, different storylines, different takes on the same character, and they can all be Spider-Man, right? You, uh, an artist has a different spin, a different idea. They can... They can write a different story. They can they can draw the character differently. And so long as they follow certain aspects of of sort of the rules of that character, uh, it, it kind of it kind of makes sense. And so that movie really was a way of honoring that in comics, along with the art style, which really pushed the envelope on showing comics on on film, on screen. And I I feel like Across the Spider-Verse, this new film takes all of those building blocks and just cranks them up. And you get even more types of Spider-Man. You get, they, they really uh, lean into the animation styles. And overall, I think it just, for me, made the movie that much bigger, that much more fun. And, uh, and, and all along doesn't doesn't rely on like that as a crutch it also has a, a really heartfelt story that i think is fun to watch and um i don't know it's emotional too so yeah yeah um what i the interesting thing 
about the the movie is kind of coming off the heels of No Way Home, where in No Way Home we're focused on basically all Peter Parkers. We're we're focused on the yeah. the three different Peter Parkers from the live action universe, where whereas in Across the Spider Verse and Into the Spider Verse. It's it's all different versions of Spider uh, Peter Parker, right? Like it's not it's not Peter Parker. Yeah, it's, it's not even necessarily Peter Parker. Right. Yeah. Right. P- Peter B. Parker, uh, Gwen, uh, Peter Porker, um, the uh, the the anime one who like her dad is a spider or something like that or a robot. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Right. So none of them are Peter Parker, and then we go into across the Spider Verse, and then the the Spider Man that we're focused on again is. Now Miguel O'Hara, who's a Spider-Man 2099. Um Je- Jesse is uh, uh the the other Spider-Woman. I, I forget which which what I think she was just Spider-Woman in the comics. Like Yeah, I mean she 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 has a name, but uh <laughs> we'll, go, we'll come back to that in a, in a, in a second. But then, oh, like, like the actual character's name? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um but yeah. then like uh Hobie, you have Hobie, <laughs> uh you have uh Paviter Prub Pravacar, uh, the uh, from Mumbatan Spider-Man, like you. So you have all of these, all of these other Spider people that are not Peter Parker, and like that's that's what's interesting to me about the movies. One of the things is that they focus on all the different variations of who and what Spider-Man could be. They do share some similarities as far as tragedy goes, uh, but I think the the movie goes well into about how. They they they're trying to tell us that this is all how it's supposed to be for for a Spider Man story, a Spider Person story. It has to be yeah. this way, uh, and that is what the the central conflict that Miles eventually has to to face uh, that he has fights against is yeah. this is what you're supposed to be. You're like, ah, don't tell me what I'm supposed to be. Yeah, Jessica Drew. Thank you. Was the was the name? I did say Jess, so I feel good about that. It's good. You've seen the movie twice, so you, you, <laughs> I heard it the second time. Is is the you heard? <laughs> Do you want to talk a little bit about your experience in the theaters the first time versus the second time? I uh, sh- yeah. I guess I guess I could hold off. I want I want to talk about that, but I don't want to talk about that yet. Let, let keep talking okay. about the movie itself, uh, and then we could talk about um, movie theater experience. Oh, overall, you're you're talking about the plot of the film, right? And I think. It, it it is an extension of of the first film in terms of um, Miles is his own spider Spider Man right and like there's all these people that are trying to teach him how to be Spider Man and he kind of figures it out for himself and then pushes past those limits and is a, comes up with some some new powers and and some new ways to to be his own version of of Spider Man. Um, I guess I wasn't expecting the movie to care the, the new movie to carry that narrative as far, but really that that does become the central kind of like crux of the film is even if you have this huge network of hundreds of different Spider-Mans, um, Miles is still this outlier. He's still this this unique individual in a sea of Spider-Mans uh, or and Womans. Um and and it's really interesting that we see them all kind of fall in line and he's the one that's not willing to as much as he wants to feel included and feel a part of this this network and and this bigger team very quickly he realizes i i'm not aligned with all of this and uh, i'm going to do my own thing so to speak yeah um which is really cool and the fact that him and some other characters are willing to stand up for uh, what they think is right and not necessarily just what everybody else is trying to achieve. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and to, to that point, when he, that, that conflict right there about uh, him being the outlier and everyone else kind of walking the, the Spider-Man 2099 line. Uh, yeah. I, I don't I don't know. I'm trying to avoid talking about spoilers necessarily, but if you're, if you're listening to this, you've probably either seen it or you don't care about spoilers. 
uh, you wouldn't be listening to a podcast talking about spoiler warning. <laughs> Spoilers are approaching. Um, but so the the whole thing is is in the the canon of Spider Man, uh, there is always an Uncle Ben, and there's always some kind of captain or or some major death that that happens, right? And so Miles finds out that the the his arch nemesis of the film is going to try to to kill his his father. And so he's like, I have to go try. I have to try. And all the Spider-Men across the Spider-Verse are like, well, I mean, this is how it has to happen. You have to let him die. And Miles' whole thing is like, why? No, I have to try. No, why won't you at least let me try? All of you would try. Um, And so I I, I read somewhere or, or heard someone say that like, all those other spider people have already had their tragedies. <laughs> They've already. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's easy for them to be like, this is how it has to happen. Like bad things happen. People die. And it's just, you know, this, well, yeah, but you didn't have a chance. It's that it's the free will versus predestination, like, or, or fate, right? Like if I know what's going to happen, then I have to do my best to, to, to fight it. Right. Um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, so I, I thought that was that was kind of an interesting look at it. All those spider people have their, they already have their the, the deaths on their heads. Yeah. Um, I, along with with, <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like I guess Spider Man as a character, this this movie does do a good job of really just like analyzing what makes a Spider Man right. And you talk about those canons, everybody has a tragedy or something that helps sort of form them into their version of Spider-Man. But uh, also, like, almost every Spider-Man is kind of funny, right? They 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 use humor, and it's, it's funny when they get into the environment where all these Spider-Men are everywhere, uh, how how many jokes, how many subtle jokes are just thrown around? Um, they, they really play up that aspect of Spider-Man, uh, except for uh, 2099. What's, what's Miguel O'Hara. Uh, Miguel O'Hara. Yeah. He's far more serious and stoic and, and matter of fact. But for the most part, uh, all the other, even, even Spider-Punk, right? Uh, it, you know, gets, gets some jokes out there. Um, and I think that's really interesting, kind of just, again, what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man? And when you see... A, d- a difference. Somebody not doing that, like any, any kind of difference, it really stands out, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was an interesting choice for them to... And we, and we knew it from the trailers that, like, the maybe the main villain of this this episode this movie would be a spider-man 2099 um and and, and sure enough like what a, what a, he's a he's a huge dick um do I, you consider him the villain of this this film i do yeah i i, I do consider him the, the villain like i the, here's the thing about villains a good villain is is thinks that they're doing the right thing okay right? Like yeah. they ha- they have their they have their reasons and whether or not they're evil or not they think that they're doing the right thing. Uh, it's it's why Magneto ends up being a good character. Uh, it's why Dracula is a good character. Uh, may- yeah, maybe not Dracula, but he does think he's in love and he thinks he's depending on which version of Dracula. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Uh, maybe Jason. He's not doing it because he's doing it. Well, maybe he is. He's killing. Uh, <laughs> he's he's getting revenge. Doesn't. Whatever, Travis, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so I think <laughs> I do think he's a I do think he's the villain of. Do you think he's the main villain more so than Spot, or do you think they're just they're they're co-owning those roles for this film? I think that uh, Spot is he is maybe what they're building up to, but even more of a villain of the week sort of. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I think they want him. He's gonna be the, a villain, obviously, but yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think Miguel is the necessarily main villain of of these two movies. Well, of total two movies, I think for this one, he is the primary antagonist because he's the one that is holding Miles back from his goal of of protecting his family. He's the one who 
uh, Miles comes in, wants to be a part of something bigger than himself, uh, relate to people who understand what he's gone through, what he's going through. And Miguel is the one who actively tells him, you don't belong here. I don't want you here. Uh, and, and so from that perspective, wanting to belong from the perspective of uh, protecting his family, Miguel is the one who's keeping him from that. Yes. Spot is going to kill is, is, is actively trying to destroy his life. Spot is like the mechanism to make Miguel's, you know, intentions realized, so to speak. Right. Like Miguel wants that cannon to happen, wants uh, Miles to have that loss in his life with the loss of his father. Spot is the one that's going to go do that. It, it's probably more villainous to be working behind the scenes to make sure that happens than to be the one that unwittingly does it because you're, yeah. you know, a cat, a cow character. You, you can't, you can't, <laughs> you can't ask me to do that. I'm not asking you. And then he, and he traps miles, right? Like yeah. actively keeping him from, from doing that, which is, it's, it's villainous in, in my eyes. Again, he thinks he's doing the right thing, but my, my, my problem, I guess, is like for, for Gwen, for Peter B. Parker, uh, first for some of the other Spider-Men in there that they would be so willing to go with the plan of <laughs> this guy who has no humor. Uh, and it was like, ah, why, why do I, why do I trust you? Just because you have technology allowing me to do these things. Yeah. They, they believe the, I don't know. They believe what he's selling, right? Yeah. That that this has to happen that way, or it's going to break all of the multiverse. If if the Spider Men don't, it, is it like Attorneys General? Is it Spiders Men? Spiders Man? How do you pluralize Spider Man? Spider Men. Spider Men. Spider People. Just do Spider People. Spiders. Because, spider. Because there's spider individuals. Spider spider creatures right because like, we can talk about spideys we'll just call them spideys spideys, spideys. because there's there's a spider-man t-rex there's a spider cat <laughs> spider-man i uh what a peter parked car right so <laughs> <laughs> there are just so many one-off throwaway versions of of spider-man uh that were hilarious uh, it does make me want to rewatch a couple times uh, to appreciate all of them because I know I, I would not be able to think of half of them. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, going going back going back to the villain angle, uh, Spot. Do you, maybe, you know, maybe jumping ahead, but what do you think? What do you think of that that character? His motivation uh where where he ends because he kind of he kind of disappears like midway into the movie he does because the space that he's filling as the villain starts to become a little bit overshadowed by miguel's role within the film right and so he becomes a mechanism for the tragedy that is going to occur but in terms of just like as a villain i think he has a really good progression as a villain where he starts off as a very inept uh not focused not well thought out villain very much a sort of villain of the week if you will if if this was a a weekly comic series or cartoon series this could be one of those throwaway villains that has a power where he can use these transporting spots and he could be dispatched very quickly, potentially by, by a Spider-Man, by a Spidey, and then move on, right? But instead, what we find is this is not just some throwaway villain, which based on the trailers, I, I kind of expected that just the way he was even shown in the trailers. I was like, yeah, this guy's going to be somebody that he fights once and then we move on. Yeah. But he has like a really developed backstory. The fact that they were able to sort of retcon scenes from the first movie 
to have him be the guy that gets hit by a bagel as they're escaping the the, the research facility. Um, that he was there as like the hydron collider is going, and uh, the the fact that like he blames Spider Man for what happened to him and his mutation and the fact that he's lost his family and all these things. All of those connective tissues make for a really good villain, I think. And I, as that develops, you learn that over the first quarter of the movie. And then he learns more about his powers, learns more about what he's capable of, and then takes the steps to increase his powers. And all of a sudden he goes from a kind of a throwaway villain to like, oh, this guy is actually really strong, really powerful. He's now driven and focused on what he wants to do and has suddenly become a much more ominous villain that is going to be a lot harder for him or for all, any number of Spideys to potentially take out. Yeah, yeah, I, I agreed. Uh, what, I what I like is, like a lot of Spider-Man villain uh, throughout the, that, the movie series, like he starts off as bumbling, like I think of right. I think of Jamie Fox in the Amazing Spider-Man Two. Uh, I well maybe not uh, maybe not Green Goblin, but um, you know like just not having not having a whole lot of respect. And like he says, Spot says something. He's like, "You use your quips, but no one ever thinks about <laughs> like how we feel about uh, being on the other side of it, right?" Um, and so I, I I think maybe he. He jumps too quickly to 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 blame Miles for for the problem. He doesn't blame Kingpin enough, I think, uh, for for any of that. But I I do think that he becomes a badass towards the end there. And that animation uh, of him being like ultimate spot <laughs> is like so like what is it? Uh, race to which mountain or uh, that demon mountain from Fantasia? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like where it's just like I don't know what it's called. Ah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just like <laughs> yeah, everything that's going on around him is so so fucking cool looking. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's just a a a comment on art, the art in general. Um, if you want to, well, talk, yeah. Let's let's that. talk about that because one of the things while I was watching this movie, um, and it's probably about halfway through, I just kind of caught myself in awe of the the risks that they were taking uh design wise animation wise the the directions they were willing to stretch to create certain effects to incorporate 3d animation with you know flat animation with pencil drawing with different art styles, different yeah. uses of color. Like there, there are studios, there are production houses that you say you want to make an animated Spider-Man movie and you're going to get a very flat, like, you know, very, all colors have to be true to life. Right. And they threw all of that out. And they were they were willing to take risks and use animation and use art styles to push the story forward, to to heighten uh, emotion and action. And to me, like this, this has to win like best animated feature at the Oscars next year. Or I, I'll never, I'm, I'll never, I'll never watch him again. <laughs> Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. <laughs> it just, like animation wise this this movie is is amazing to me story aside like i just i love all the things that they do the way you you sent me that uh those tweets this morning i woke up to tweets from brandon it's it's the best way to wake up in the morning i highly recommend it um but it was somebody uh, from the production team talking about 
um, is it Hobie? Yeah. Uh, Spider Punk. And the mechanisms they use to animate him differently than the other characters on the screen. And it was really interesting because it the effect comes off really well to, to give him a much more um, alternative look throughout the film. Yeah. Was it they animated like every third frame instead of every two frames or something for him? Yeah. So so the, the film is, is 24 frames per second FPS. Uh, so your eye... All, all, all movies are is just a bunch of pictures like a flip book just done really fast. So 24 frames yeah. a second. So they did most of the characters. They did most of the like changes of poses on the twos. So every second frame they, they, they changed the, the, the pose or whatever. Well, they, for Hobie, for spider punk, they did every, every third frame. Uh, and then they also like did something different, like with his like sh- uh, his overcoat, where like sometimes they would like lag that slightly to be on this every second frame, and then go into the third frame. And so it always just seemed a little choppier than the rest of everybody. Yeah. Uh, and and so like super cool. And it's a small, it's a it's a little trick, but they were able to do that. But when they're doing that alongside all these other animation styles. Uh, in in the background work uh, in some live action characters such as Prowler uh, with a um, dude from Community uh, what's his you know his name you know his name I do why can't I why, think of why it why do we uh, Donald Glover jeez Donald Glover jeez like literally the inspiration for Miles Morales <laughs> like <laughs> have you have you heard that whole backstory about like how Miles Morales is literally based off Donald Glover <laughs> like. Uh, no, I haven't heard. I haven't heard that. I thought. Um, I, thought I thought. I thought the Prowler character was was based off of him. So, like, there's this whole, and there are people online that have done this breakdown way better than I than I will. But basically, when they were, I think it was when they were casting the Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider-Man, there was a push for Donald Glover to play him, and, uh, uh oh. Uh, in community they they actually like make a nod at that i think it's in the second season premiere uh where donald glover like wakes up and he's wearing like a spider-man pajama top (laughs) and it was like a comment on it right but that image right is um it 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 kind of when they were working on this new run of spider-man it inspired the character of miles morales so miles morales is sort of based on Donald Glover. And then eventually mm-hmm. when you get to the Spider-Man with Tom Holland, Donald Glover then gets to play the uncle who was the Prowler. Right. Um, and he references like his nephew uh, referencing, you know, without saying Miles Morales talking about him. Um, so there's, I think Donald Glover actually voices Miles Morales in an animated uh, series. So like, there's like all these connections and they just like, play into it one more level yeah. by having him cameo in this movie. And I think it's awesome. Uh, okay. So we, we, we talked about the, the twos and threes of, of Hobie uh, of spider punk. Uh, let, let's, let's just do a little bit of a breakdown. Travis, who's your favorite non miles character? Hobie hundred percent spider punk. Everybody knows. Everybody knows it's Hobie. There's not. There's not even a point in breaking anything down. It's a metaphor for capitalism. (laughs) It's a metaphor for capitalism. (laughs) Uh, So so Uh, you know what's funny is Hobie is my daughter's like least favorite. She thought he was annoying. She didn't like him. (laughs) And I didn't realize that's who she was talking about. She saw the movie before I did. And afterwards, I was like, Spider-Punk is awesome. He's the best. And she's like, what? I couldn't stand him. I just, he was just so, like, uh, annoying. And he, like, was against everything. And I'm like, yeah, he was a punk. Like, he, like, <laughs> fully embraced and personified the entire, like, punk movement with everything he did. Like, the visual representation, everything he talked about. His His role in the story was, like... No. anarchy and fighting against the system and you know like breaking it down like 
it was perfect. Like I, I don't, I'm sorry. You didn't appreciate it. <laughs> I thought it was great. I thought it was perfect. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so, so, so good. And like, the Miles's interactions with him first when he thought he was a love interest for, for yeah. Gwen, uh, it, talking about labels and like that that kind of back and forth about about like it's really confusing, man. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I don't like bands, uh, but your name is Spider Punk. I don't get it. Um, anyways, he's he's so so cool, and that and that whole <laughs> that whole metaphor for capitalism. I missed it the first time I saw the movie. Uh, and I heard people talk about that line. So I was listening for it the second time I, I, I watched it and then I found it was like, ah, that's couldn't, couldn't be placed any, any better. Um, yeah, I, it's funny. I actually asked my, my kids while we were driving around on Saturday who their favorite, you know, new Spider-Man was and, and, and Spider-Punk is, is one of your options, your other options, Spider-Woman, right? Jessica Drew, um what's it uh i like the indian spider-man um i don't like did he have like a um it, it's uh it's, yeah. it's Pat, Pavateer, i think is his name. yeah 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 um and then i don't think there were like were there a whole lot of other ones like obviously there were like hundreds in <laughs> in that one dimension but there weren't a ton i uh there was the the, like, it avatar like, like cyber yeah oh uh, yeah spider bite spider yeah. bite was it wasn't it wasn't like into the spider verse i think so so chelsea this was her comment about the the movie why she doesn't feel like she liked it as much as the first one like whereas the first one you had you had all these different spider people but if it, it focused on them mm-hmm. and and so you were able to you were able to focus on them and it was like oh that's cool here's here's a bunch of different versions whereas this one was like it was it was just a, a a handful, but they only really focused on Gwen and Miles and uh, and Miguel, ba- basically. Uh, even yeah. even even Jessica and Jess, they didn't focus as much on on her. Um, so I think that was that was Chelsea's kind of issue with it, and I, I think to a certain extent that that's true, right? Like we're we're talking about what's our five favorite Spider Man of this movie, and we're like, well, Hobie. Right, that those, yeah, Hobie or or the the villains, uh, <laughs> the spider yeah. villains. Um, we we could talk about we could talk about Ben Riley really briefly. <laughs> he was so brooding and so like. <laughs> um, there was one that uh, in in the in the chase uh, where they're chasing Miles uh, out of the facility. There's one that looks just like, uh, what's, what's the guy's name that, uh, created Deadpool? Um, Rot. Uh, no. Yeah. Rob Liefeld. Ro- Ro- yeah. Had a real Liefeld like, uh, style to him. And he's like, got him in a headlock and he's like, uh, I got you stuck in my muscular definition or whatever. <laughs> right. And like, and like that version of him, like, Oh, that, that, that looks just like life up yeah. like right like yeah. so like it's, the fact that oh my my pose and then he <laughs> perfect yeah. pose and he moves his leg to the to the side <laughs> I, I i think the fact that they're willing to to play with the art styles play combine art styles in an individual scene have characters look completely different have live action characters incorporated in you know you see you see all these scenes of different universes and then you have a a scene of like uncle ben from the the toby Maguire spider-man like when when he's dying and you're like oh like there's my childhood right like there's the, uh yeah. you know so it's just um it's really interesting that they're willing to to do those things oh yeah spoilers lots of lots of spider spoilers if you're if you're just joining us on on the uh on on the stream yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, uh, yeah. If you're joining us on the stream, uh, Omar is in here, and he doesn't want to hear spoilers. So, he, well, actually, he's not. He doesn't care about spoilers normally. But so, so hang out, Omar. I didn't Just wait till uh, we talk about the end of the movie. Greg, Greg talking about Aunt May from Tom's too. I, 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 I looked. I didn't see it specifically, but I was like, I'm sure that was in there somewhere um, uh, during one of the live action pieces. So maybe, yeah. yeah. There, there, I mean, there are so many Easter eggs and things hidden throughout the movie. You could probably watch it five or six times and still yeah, miss things. Like, so. 
like uh like 2099 calling out the uh, uh the spider-man of 1999 uh in that whole doctor strange stuff oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah calling calling him out and then uh gwen being like doctor strange you shouldn't be operating on anyone like that yeah like that. yeah good stuff <laughs> um all right where do you fall on because i've heard a little bit of this back and forth did you like the second film better than the first one um it's it's hard to it's hard to say like i the the first film was changed <laughs> changed a lot of things like I, I i watched i watched it in the theaters i was like this this kicks ass like this was not a movie i cared about necessarily and here it is now and i love it and just the animation wowed me um and the story wowed me and it turned me into a person who was ambivalent about miles morales and turned me into like a i i like this character and i want to know more about him right um plus peter porker was in it now spider now going into john mulaney's had some problems he did not come back to do a voice in this one, but but he did have a he did have a voice in it. He, he, they, maybe the cameo voice at towards the end. Did he? I, I didn't hear it. So yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but uh, so so this one like expands on it. Uh, there's a lot more emotional uh, emotional things to to get through. The second time I watched it, the first half was was a little bit slower, I guess. Um, Especially like parts with his parents, right? I I would say the pacing, there were moments throughout the movie where I was like, all right, let's pick it up. Like, I I get what we're talking about and I know that we're building in some, some, some story and things, but like, let's keep moving. Like I, I I caught myself a couple of times being like, all right, like a little boring. Let's get, yeah, I almost, <laughs> I almost fell asleep during those parts on my, on my second viewing. Uh, and I was, it was, I saw that at noon on a Sunday and I'm like, all right, woo. Um, and those time those parts uh, dragged a little bit. Um, not because there are bad parts, but just because the movie starts off with a whole lot of action. And then when it goes into the miles stuff, then it like, it slows down really to build up the, the emotional stakes of, of his journey through the rest of the film. And once, uh, once they go into the spider verse, then it picks up. And then I was, then I was, then I was back into it 100%. Um, so to answer your question, I, I don't know if I like this one better. Um, but I will say animation wise and scope and ambition, I think it is a way more ambitious film, uh, in way you, know, you you said it earlier, like they took the things from into the spider verse and they took it up another level Yeah. Um, as far as art. And I want to, you know, I think I want to talk about some of that in a, in a second here, but what about you? How do you feel about it? I, I think I liked this one more. I don't know. It, the first one's, I have a bias because it was like the first first exposure to this, right? And it did multiverse so well. And the introductory of, of Miles as a character, um, it's just such a great film on its own. If that was a standalone film forever and you never had these sequels, I'd still think it was great. I think because this built on it, and I just am in, so in love with certain images and, and sequences from from this new film that I think I'd have to say, I like this one more just because of where it's building with the one exception. And maybe this, maybe this makes it a number two for me instead of my number one, how it it ends. Right. This is, this is film two of three, but they didn't have to, you know, go full empire on us. And like, (laughs) build up all of these stakes and put all these things and then like just kind of like end the movie right as all of these things are kind of coming to a climax and and for me like sitting next to my son in the theater as it ends he looks over me he's like dad i'm not satisfied 
<laughs> I'm like, what? What do you mean? Like, did you like it? He's like, I mean, it was great, but I'm not satisfied. I don't want it to end that way. And I'm like, yeah, that's intentional because they want you to come back and, and see the last film. But I'm going to come see the third film regardless. You, you, can, you can put some closure on, on something, on, on some plot line. And I'm going to come back for it. But it, it, to me, ending a film the way that this one did um, just doesn't, it's, it's not as satisfying. And so to me, that's a little bit of a, a ding against it. Yeah, I, 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 can, I can see that. Because even with Empire Strikes Back, like there's, there's a little bit of, it ends on a, uh, a softer note, right? It's like, okay, Han Solo's gone. We got to We got to go get him. We got to go get him back. Uh, I just lost my hand. A robot built me a robot hand, <laughs> you know, yeah. like there, there's something to look forward to, but it's not like he chopped off my hand. What am I going to do to be continued? Right. It, yeah. That, and I think that's the, the equivalent of it at the end of this film, uh, Gwen, she gets the band together and they're all going to go, uh, get and help miles miles who finds himself in a, in the wrong dimension, uh, trapped by the prowler in the claws of the prowler, uh, and, and, and him going to fight through his own thing. And then also how they did that whole thing, by the way, like the last, I do love the last like 20 minutes of this movie. Like, it's just, I just wish it wasn't the last 20 minutes. (laughs) That's, that's my problem. Yeah. 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 And, And yeah, I, I get, I get that being a problem. Like, uh, I don't, you you knew it was going to be a two of three. I knew it was going to be a two of three. So me going into the two of three was like, I know this is I know this isn't going to end. It's not going to wrap up the entire story. I know that. Uh, so I guess my last twenty minutes the first time was like a bunch of false peaks. That that's what it is. It's like it's like going up uh, uh, the Manitou Incline in in Colorado Springs. You, you're walking up the hill. You're like a I reference. Can, everybody understands. Everyone, everyone gets. You're walking up this. You're walking up the steep ass mountain, and you can see the peak. And as soon as you get to that peak, you realize, oh no, it's just the angle I was at. I couldn't see the real top of the mountain. Oh, it's going to keep going. That that's what happened at the last twenty minutes of the movie. Is oh shit's going to happen? Yeah. Oh, something else is going to. Oh, Oh no! And uh, so there's a little bit of of excitement, fatigue, where you're like, one of these parts would have been good to end it. Like when uh, when Gwen leaves her father, that might have been a good place to end it. Uh, even even if even with uh, with Miles being uh, faced with the Prowler, like that 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 reveal, that would have been like a good like. Dumb. What happens next? Not a yeah with this badass woo to be continued. It's like no, you're ah, you're like, yeah. You yeah. me on a, on a there's no um, resolution or it, yeah. It's like it's like music. <laughs> like they're just like wait, where's where's the bottom? There should be. There should it's be coming to theaters in March of 2024. But um, yeah, so so I'm, I'm with you on that. One one thing I really love. So again, I've said it a couple times. I'll say it again. I saw the movie twice. The first time, uh, what I, what I okay, what I liked about the the intro was she. It starts off. Gwen is playing the drums, and she's she's talking about like spider people and I'm not the only one. And there's like a bunch of scenes that she's playing the drums and it's a very like angsty, angsty, like, and what I didn't realize then, and this is a spoiler for you, Omar, is it's actually showing a bunch of scenes from throughout the movie. It's she's actually talking about what happens in throughout the course of the movie as she's playing the drums in the, in the beginning, but at the beginning, you don't, you don't know that. And you just, you, she's going through some kind of emotional term turmoil as she's playing the drums. Now at the very end of the movie, 
as it's reading reaching this crescendo of emotion she's get she get she's got her own band now of a core group of spider people to help save miles it's that same drum angsty kind of drum beat going on the same music same at least same or similar music but it's in a completely different context whereas the intro is like strife the end is determination uh to to help save her friend and it's like it's such a fucking cool thing to 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 realize when you piece those things together that like she it this movie is told from gwen's perspective essentially like she is she is our narrator uh it's almost like a lot of it is miles but in a a way it's like it starts with her it ends with her it's kind of about her uh, growing up and realizing what it is to be a spider person. A spidey. <clears throat> yeah. 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 A spidey. Yeah. Um, we have talked about spider, spider manning uh, for nearly an hour now. Uh, so if you're still with us or you're joining us online and we've given you the spoiler warnings numerous times, <laughs> I'm going to talk I'm going to talk about the last like 10 minutes of this movie. Um which has a huge spoiler and a huge twist. Um but I absolutely loved it because upon first viewing uh when Miles gets sent back to his home dimension I I bought it hook line and sinker. I I I had no reason to think otherwise. And the way the action, the the excitement level of him trying to escape from uh, the the 2099 environment and Miguel's trying to rip through the 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 virtual, you know, cube or whatever, the the <laughs> ge- geometric thing that's gonna send him back. You're like that's what you're focused on. Like, is he gonna make it, you know? And then boom he's out he's thrown back into this this world that he knows he goes home he has this heartfelt conversation with his mom and like i just i bought it i was eating it up with a spoon and then when she's like what are you talking about like what oh spider-man is that like a is you is that where you wear to your comics con or whatever like (laughs) um and all of a sudden it like dawns on me the spider it's not his DNA. He gets sent back to the spider, which is the first anomaly that is sent from another dimension. He's sent back to the spider's dimension where that spider was not there to bite anyone and create a Spider-Man. And so then they start to peel back those layers of, oh, in this world, there never was a Spider-Man. And so then when Prowler shows up, or who you think is Prowler, his uncle's back, his uncle's alive. The reveal of Prowler in that dimension, I was just like, let's go. This is <laughs> this is legit. This is going to be awesome. I'm so ready for this, however this interaction is going to go. To be continued. <laughs> like I was, I was so hyped for it. Yeah. And then the movie ends. Um, I don't know. What did you think about the way that that was written, the way that it was shown to us, the viewers, and uh, just the overall concept of it? Yeah, let, let's 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 do that real quick, which is uh, the first time I watched it, I. I didn't know that he was going to the, the wrong dimension. What I what I did notice, like on a on a subconscious level, I was like, there's something not right here. There's something, there's something off that I, that I'm not really catching. I don't know what it is yet. Right. And then eventually you get the reveal of, oh, he's in the wrong, he's in the wrong universe. And then, oh, uh, miles, that universe is miles is, is the prowler. Uh, I mean, once I realized that he was in the wrong universe, I, and, uh, the uncle, they, they go up to the rooftop prowler hits miles and the uncle is not in the prowler costume that was but okay well it's it's miles okay cool moving forward and then like so that reveal wasn't surprising to me it was just like how are they going to reveal that it, that's miles clearly it's the same make and build of of how big he is um so i, w- I was i was cool with that and i'm like all right this is this will be an interesting thing to explore the duality of of miles in a world where 
he didn't have a, a, a good mentor and, and what a good mentor can do, uh, or not do, uh, for, for a person. Um, okay. Now the second time I go, I go see it, I pay extra attention to the differences between them. And that's when the subconscious things that I felt before I re I realized I, the room was, the room was different. The room was different because, because Gwen is like outside his room in the, in his real universe. Mm -hmm. uh, and she's like, she's like, they film it to where it's like, she's listening into miles talking to his mom. Uh, but the inside of the room is different than what she's looking in. There's a different poster on the wall. I think in his universe, it says sashimi in, uh, in his not universe. It says like Oami or something like that. And the, 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 the poster colors are different. Gwen, the universe she's in, it's raining. And then whenever it, whenever it cuts back to, to miles where he is, it's not raining outside. Uh, and the lighting is different. There's, a, there's a lot of these very, very subtle differences that they don't hide from you. They're yeah, there. Greg mentioning there's no toys in, in the, the bedroom that he's in. Uh, good, good call, Greg. Yeah. There, there's no, no, no toys there. All of these like very minor differences that again, the filmmakers are not hiding from you at all. But once you realize that there is a difference, it's just beautiful that, that they're like, here you go. We gave you the, we gave you the clues. Um, so it was really, really cool to me. Yeah. Um, overall, I think we both love this film. Um, I think we're both super excited for the next one to come out only a mere like nine months from now. Um, so, so yeah, I, Oh, I, we could, we could rate this film. I, I don't think we need to. It's, you know, probably close to eight, nine, somewhere in the nine range um, <laughs> for us. But yeah, uh, if you haven't seen this movie, you watch, you listen to this whole episode and you haven't seen this movie for starters, good for you. Um, but also go check out this film because it really is incredible. Uh, if you love animation, even if you're not a Spider-Man fan, but you just really appreciate animation. I think it's definitely worth checking out just to see all of the different art styles and things that they, mm -hmm. they pull off in this film. Um, and yeah, and if there's anything that we missed, if there's anything that we didn't talk about with this movie uh, in, in the hour that we've been discussing it, um, yeah, hit us up. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you thought about it. Uh, you can send us an email, show at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter or leave a comment in this YouTube video. Um, and yeah, yeah. We'd love to hear what you guys think about the movie and, and all of your thoughts. So Brandon, before we head over to the Twitch slash Patreon only post show, uh, any other thoughts? I have, I have two major thoughts, Travis. The first Three hours later, <laughs> the first of those thoughts is, uh, the, everything was in spider Gwen's universe, the way they did the art, whenever she's interacting it's got these heavy pink, uh, blue, blue tones. It's like watercolor. Very, yeah. feels very, very watercolorish, uh, which is akin to like most of the, like some of the covers, uh, for in the actual comics for her. Um, and they do, I love, I love her segments because her emotional cues, her interactions with her father, like some of it is, is kind of, uh, a, a static watercolor. But then like when emotion starts happening, the watercolor starts to run. It's like they're adding water to it and it's just kind of dripping in the background. And it's it's a way more artistic avant-garde type of animation, uh, which is it's so, so fucking beautiful to me. The, um, the entire sequence where she goes back home and her dad's there and she has that interaction with her dad. Like I I was emotional. I thought that was just beautiful. Like I, I love everything about that sequence. Um, yeah, it just, yeah. Don't sleep on this movie. If you have not it, seen it, it's really good. It, it, it hits, it hits. Uh, so then the second thing is, and the last thing I'll say is I saw it twice, everybody. It, uh, the, I, the reason I saw it twice was one, I wanted to see it. Sure. But the, the main reason actually was we saw it on Friday and the, I saw it in standard. I didn't see it like in, in fancy IMAX and Dolby surround, any of that stuff. Uh, what you might find, what you might go on Twitter or Reddit, 
you might hear that the sound is not some people are having a hard time understanding the dialogue, hearing the dialogue, and it has something to do with, with the mixing. And and some Reddit posts explain it better than than I I do. But we saw it on Friday, and I could barely hear a lot of the dialogue that was happening. Even even non action scenes, I was having a hard time understanding uh, the the dialogue. Uh, and then even like uh, and so some of the monologues where Spider uh, Gwen is talking, it sounded like it sounded like the, the center of the mix was gone. So it's kind of sounded like in stereo, like it was coming from either side of the uh, the left and right, the far left and right, but it wasn't coming from the middle. This kind of sounded weird. So I'm like, I do want to see it again. Let me go ahead and see it again. This time in IMAX, let's upgrade my experience. You know, check out some more details for the, for the podcast and see if I can hear anything better. Um, and the mix was still not great. It still had that kind of stereo kind of thing. Um, but, uh, I know Lord has been like handing out like on Twitter saying like, tell your studio or your, your movie theater operators, bump it up to seven and a half their, their volume. So they can, so they can hear it. Um, but you might have the same issue, especially with the Cockney accent of, of spider punk. Yeah. That made, yeah. Really, yeah. That made it really difficult to understand. I, I felt like the theater that I saw it in, it overall it was generally just quieter <clears throat> but that's the second movie i've seen in this theater in the last month that i felt like it was like the volume was too quiet um mind you the other two films i've seen in the last month i did see both of those in imax uh one of them in like a dolby imax theater that was like super loud um but maybe i'm just getting old and losing my hearing uh, and I need to just go see things in Dolby IMAX <laughs> exclusively. So, yeah, yeah, or 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 just they need to compress their mixes a little bit differently. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? That was, Who knows? That's the biggest issue I had with the movie. But if you if you have seen the movie, if you're going to see the movie, make sure you hit us up and let us know what you thought. But I think that's it for for me, Travis. I'll let you get the final word. Uh this whole podcast. It's just been a metaphor about capitalism. So um, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Until next time, I'm Travis. No, I'm Brandon. Goodbye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.